0: You know, I thought we were close. We cost ourselves a lot the last couple holes each round. Um, at the end of the first round, we were eight over with a couple to go and ended up shooting 14 over. The second round was actually worse. We were eight over in the last three holes. And then the last day, we were three over in the last three holes. And you add up those 17 shots, that's the difference between a great finish and a very mediocre finish. So excited about the progress some guys are making. The biggest challenge for us right now is our top two players are struggling. And uh, we got to find them some confidence before we leave next week.
1: What do you attribute that to? Kind of the the falling off at the end.
0: Yeah, you know a lot of it is uh, they're young. I mean, they're the one kid's uh, an Irish kid from from Belfast. He's only been here since January. He's still learning his way around academics. This time of year where everything's crunch time, uh, so they don't get as much time to work on things as they need. Um, so when you start to lose confidence, the only way to really repair that is through practice. And uh, luckily, you know, I think they both, him and Mitch Rutledge, our number one player, have both gotten some good things going this week. Uh, they 're going to be better going forward, but yeah confidence is a is a hard thing as it erodes, it kind of leaks into every part of your game
2: absolutely and um uh I, over those last couple holes that seem to that have seemed to be giving you fits um would you say it 's more around the greens or struggling to find fairways or just a little bit of everything
0: yeah no it's uh, it 's mostly on the greens um for mitch, you know who 's been our top player really since he came here two years ago. Uh, he hit the ball beautifully. In the practice round, he actually made eight or nine birdies. You know, he was close. Uh, he had trouble getting in the hole from five feet and in uh, all weekend. So for him, that was kind of the issue. And then with, with Gareth Lappin, driver was kind of going everywhere. And Purdue wasn't a place where you could attack if you drove it offline. So um, generally what he does is hit the ball very well. And And when you kind of lose your strength in the middle of it, you don't have anything to stand on. So um, I don't worry about those guys long term. What I was excited about is the guys in the three, four, five slot played well. And if they play well next week, we're going to play well.
1: And talk to us a little bit about the, the Big Ten Championship pent up. What are some of your expectations? What are what are your goals for the tournament?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the goals are, are always the same. Put yourself on Sunday and a chance to, to do something special. Um, unlike a Big Ten regular season basketball or football, you know, our whole Big Ten season is, is in three days. Um, so it's really, it's always a, if you're a team that's had a good year, which we've had a lot of years, we've been great. And then you go to big tens, you got to prove it this year. We've, we struggled in the regular season, uh, as we are growing up here, it's an opportunity to finish the season and really tell this, the story of the whole season on a high note. So we have to play very strategic, very sound, uh, from the mental standpoint to be in contention on Sunday. Two years ago, we had a team that was kind of in this situation and we did that we had a chance to win with nine holes to go, and that's all you can ask.
1: And talk to me a little about that. I mean, that, that is a lot of pressure where your whole season, as far as the Big Ten goes, is, is compressed into three days. How yeah. do you manage that?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, you try and treat it like it's uh, any other tournament. But the, the truth of it is, uh, that's a cliche. It's not any other tournament. Um, you know, when you look at recruits and how they play growing up, generally all these guys, you know, if it's Mitch or, or Gareth or – or uh, you know, Sean Frail, guys like that, they've been state champions. So they're used to that state finals being determining their whole season or that big junior tournament. So they know this pressure. Um, it's more about getting them in a position where they can rely on their past successes and, and use those to their advantage. But you, you got to see it as an opportunity as, as more of an, as opposed to you know the, the pressure. It's, it's an opportunity.
2: You allude to um the the these players who went back when they were in high school and and the the familiar pressure that they've seen uh in making their state title runs and things of that nature. Would you say that you mentioned you also have players from overseas? Would you say that um that is an added advantage for those who come from the states or
0: yeah i mean it's uh, it can work both ways the The foreign guys can be a little uh I must to say ignorant in the negative sense, but just naive to what how big this stage is. So they don't really worry about it. They treat it like it's a different tournament. Whereas the guys who grew up in the Big Ten footprint, winning Big Tens and being competitive Big Tens is what you dream about. You know, that's what they've watched and watched Michigan State and Tom Izzo win Big Ten championships and Mark Dan That's what they've grown up with. So uh, it can work both ways. It can help the American kids really get keyed up for a big event but it can also hurt them from a pressure standpoint to foreign kids. It's just another event, another mark. But as they come along here in their time at Michigan State, they realize how important this event is. So I think it's going to work for us that we're young, naive, we have nothing to lose, and we're going to we're gonna play dangerously.
1: Do you get a large turnout for the Big Ten tournament, more so than the other ones?
0: Yeah, I would say if it wasn't in French-looking Indiana, which if you look at a map, you'll realize it's pretty hard to get to. Um, when we used to host it on sites, for sure. When you know, when we had it Forest Acres in 2008, when we won, yeah, a lot of people come out. Um, this is this is so remote; it's hard to get a crowd out there. And I wish we could have more constituents of, of our of our institutions see this because it's an amazing venue. Clubhouse sits on the highest point in Indiana, overlooks the most dramatic visual golf course i've ever seen including pebble beach and some of the famous ones so i wish we had more of a following but it'll be the parents the volunteers and the coaches uh, living and dying out there
2: wow um <laughs> pebble beach um yeah. so what? Exa- uh anytime you compare it to something like that then you know you're playing on a special course yeah. what uh what are you expecting out of the courses
0: you know it just the weather dictates so much on this golf course um because it's so hilly because it's so dramatic it's so penal in areas uh if we get 40 degrees of rain and wind and cold it's just a test of survival um and two years ago that's what it was i mean we shot 289 and maybe 299 in the second round and we were leading after 36 holes and it was literally just because we hung on better than everybody else Uh, last year scores were down a little bit weather helped us out then you gotta play aggressively. So it's it's so much is dictated. You know, the the basketball court is always ninety four feet long, the hoop's always ten feet high. You can predict that. You know, there's there's very little predicting what the weather's gonna bring and we're gonna to have to be ready for that challenge.
1: Is the Big Ten Championship held there every year?
0: We have we're in a three year cycle. We just finished, this will be the third year of the cycle, and then we'll move to a new venue next year in Evansville, Indiana, uh called Victoria National, a top fifty course in the world. Um, amazed at the venues we're getting for this championship, but it speaks to the power of the brand of the Big Ten and and these institutions. One thing I wish is they could be a little closer to East Lansing, but weather's always going to be a factor, April to early May, and we try and pick a place that's in the southern end of the Big Ten footprint.
1: What I was wondering is... um... Illinois, I believe, is one of the last five, is yeah. that right, big-time championships? Yeah. Do you think they just play that course well? I mean, it's only been the last two years, yeah. or is that more just a product of that program?
0: No, they've been the better team. Um, you know, when you look at 2005, 2007, 2008, we won and we fin- finished second in 2006, um, this is always cyclical. They've just been in a really good cycle with a really good coach. You know, and some of those guys are that have played for them, Luke Guthrie's playing the PGA Tour, Scott Langley's playing the PGA Tour. You know, it's no surprise that these guys also won the Big Tens while they were there and uh I think it's a little more wide open this year. Illinois got beat last week by Iowa, who's pretty good. Um and has played well of late. So it the nature of this championship doesn't doesn't really favor what Illinois has done. It's amazing. They've won five years in a row. That's a it's a string of great play with some good fortune uh, on the right dates.
2: Right and um as you say um i wouldn't i wouldn't say uh, their dominance over the last 5 years but as you said this is cyclical <laughs> so do you think uh these uh since all these players have been winning these big 10 championships that uh that affects recruits and oh,
0: sure. well it grows upon itself too right once you've been in that moment even no matter what year you are um We've been in that moment. You've won a Big Ten. It's easier to pass on to the next teammate, the next generation. You know the guys who are just joining Illinois, the freshmen. This is all they know. Their team has been dominant. You know when we won in 08, it was with two freshmen and two sophomores because they've grown up and were being recruited by and, and learning in a program that's won. Um, it certainly builds on itself, and they've done a nice job of continuing it just uh, gets harder and harder they always say you know you just want to win that first one it gets easier I don't think that's true anymore I think when you're talking about five in a row you know the, ch- the pressure continues to mount but um, a testament to what they've done
1: is it beneficial, do you think, to to go up against some of the better schools? I know at the Boilermaker Invitational, they had six of the top 50 schools in mm-hmm. the country. I mean, I know Tom is like in basketball, try and schedule a really tough out-of-conference. Does it help to see that competition there, to see some of the better schools in the country?
0: Very important. Very important to know what you're up against. Um, and that's why last weekend was so encouraging. Even, you know, I think uh, with a, about 20 minutes to go on the second day, the 36-hole day, here we are, we're in third place um and no not one guy in our program really felt like we were playing well and that's that's comforting okay we don't have to play perfect to compete at this level we have got to minimize mistakes we have got to be efficient um we got to believe in what we do and do it to the best of our ability it's it's this game is such a series of fine lines everybody hits it good everybody puts it pretty good it's all the little things that add up to huge amounts um and, and being there last week, even though we struggled at Iowa, we played well before that in the spring. We played well at Big Tens uh, match play in February. We kind of showed ourselves, hey, we don't have to be perfect. We just got to be better than what we've been.
2: And uh, like you said, no need to be perfect. Um, so I'd say to my question – mitch rutledge would probably be the easy answer but is uh even though you said no one is exactly uh, last week was playing exactly the way they felt they were capable of who who would you say you're you're not leaning on but turning towards to to kind of find their way this week?
0: yeah i think you always look to seniors at this time mitch is going to be fine he's going to play well next week uh, that's what mitch does he generally plays well um gareth lapp and the young guy from Ireland is going to play well um provided he's in the lineup you know the three, four, five guys have been good, but you got to look at the senior Gareth Bliss. He's been through four knee surgeries. He's at the end of a career that has seen a lot of adversity. He's going to be ready for this, you know. And and uh, if he's kind of our spiritual leader, he's our emotional leader. Uh, but sometimes he's also our stabilizing figure because he's kind of a polar, you know, a guy that everyone gathers around. So um, he's going to be key, you know. And it's a great golf course for him. He hits it. 300 and some yards he swings hard at everything goes and chases it this is a pretty good venue for him so we'd like to have him in the lineup uh next week
1: well we look forward to seeing how things go we wish you the best uh at the big 10 tournament can we talk a little bit of pga maybe for a minute
2: sure love to i uh, absolutely uh aaron and i were uh we're discussing uh these these masters and that were that happened a few weeks ago and how there wasn't uh a whole lot of watchability with uh sure. it not being terribly close on, on Sunday, three three stroke lead. Um what what were your thoughts on that?
0: You know, I think I think Augusta it's quite obvious at this point has set up really well for a long hitting left hander. Okay, a lot of those shots starting on two and and 5, and 13 especially as we're in, and 15. You're seeing a left-hander who can fade the ball, control a fade, but also still hit it far. That's a knock on a fade. It doesn't go as far, right? Well, a left-hander can fade it around those corners and still hit it far. He's got a huge advantage on the field. Once he got, once he did the flip with Jordan Spieth on 9 and 10, you kind of feel like he's going to run away at that point because 13 to him is a driver sandwich par 5. Everybody else, I got to hit two perfect shots. So, you know, Augusta rarely disappoints, just like the NCAA basketball rarely disappointed. This year, from a drama standpoint, it was disappointing. But Bubba doesn't mind. (laughs) No,
1: (laughs) absolutely not. Do you think that, I mean, that that's that's bad for golf now, that kind of Tiger is sort of, I don't know if he's faded out, I don't know if he's done or not, but Mm -hmm. what do you think about that for the PGA?
0: Well, I think the PGA and the LPGA are in the same spot right now. If you don't have a bona fide... Star that the the masses are in love with, you know, who's going to watch on Sunday? I'll be the first to admit when Tiger's in contention, I'll do whatever I can to get to a TV. If he's not, I'm probably not going to be as worried about it. And I, all of our kids feel that way because they've grown up with Tiger as their hero. Um, you know, and Mickelson has been great and, and some of the other guys have moved the meter a little bit, but, Oh, I think we're all grasping here. Who's going to be the next star? Who's actually going to be the guy that most people identify with? And Bubba is a fantastic player, but he's a bit polarizing. There's people on both sides of that who think he's kind of all over the place, and and there's people who love Bubba golf. But uh, he's, you know, unfortunately, he wasn't the guy that's going to move the meter. So we're looking for that guy. I think Jordan Spieth might be, but Rory McIlroy might be. But they got to do it.
2: Absolutely, um, and I, I was going to I was going to ask you who you believed was going to be that next guy, but um, with as you say, Bubba Watson being so polarizing, mm. since there is not necessarily uh, a player who's going to just take over like a like a Nicholas or a Tiger or what have you. Um, do you think it's good that some people can get on uh, Bubba's side and, and other people really just don't like his game? The you know, controversy.
0: It, it's funny if you were to. Ask people what they think about tabloid scandals, they say, Oh, they don't like it, but they buy more magazines when tabloid scandals are going um If you ask people, you know do you like seeing Tiger win every week, they say, No, no, we want to see new fresh faces, but then they don't tune in when new fresh faces are winning so there's really a disconnect from what people are saying and what they're what they're acting on um I don't know. I mean, Tiger Woods has made us all so much money and and whether that's advertisers networks, every other PGA Tour has benefited enormously from him. Uh, I think there's still a tendency to undervalue what he's done, especially after the scandals and the issues. He still is the king of the game as right now. And From a media standpoint, from a non-golfer standpoint, he's the king. You know, the... Not many people talk about Jordan Speed, but everybody talks about Tiger Woods, whether you're a, a skier or a baseball player or whatever. So we have we don't have a crossover guy right now other than him.
1: I'm curious to get your opinion on this. I know it's just purely speculation. We're going to talk about it a little bit later, but what do you think about Tiger? Do you think he's done? Do you think he's got another major left in him? Do you think he's got to run at Nicholas's record?
0: I've been saying the same thing for six months, that I thought this was just a matter of time before he got it back into it. Every day we get away from it, now it gets harder. Every six footer that he is under pressure doesn't go in. The next one gets harder. Um, there's many experts on his swing. I think his swing has has deteriorated. I think it's made him more one dimensional. He's awfully, he likes to put a cut now. Um, but you're silly to doubt him at the same time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if he doesn't get it done this year or next, at least one of them, you know, if he doesn't knock off Augusta here in the next year or two or three. I think we all start to get concerned that it's not going to happen because his body—I don't know what he's doing from a training standpoint. I know what our guys do. Um, his body is not holding up like it should because he's still relatively young.
2: Yeah, you can see you can see that with all these different surgeries he's undergone. Yet he's he's not built like the average golfer. He's no. uh, he's he's cut. He's defined. He's 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 a bigger buffer guy. Which would you say? I ju- guess just goes to show you that even no matter how good of shape you're in or what type of care you take to your body uh if you have a violent golf swing it can take its toll
0: the golf the just like a a pitcher throwing a baseball a golfer swinging a golf club your body's not designed to do this even for our guys if you know if you were to look at the right side of their back versus the left side one side's very small one side's very big that asymmetry uh from making a repetitive motion in the same direction for years eventually gets your body out of whack um I would argue that the working out thing probably should have been dialed back. I mean, Bubba Watson's one of the longest guys on the planet, and he's tiny. If you're a in person, you can't believe how skinny he is. He's got a small torso. It can turn quickly without, without a lot of stress. The more bulk Tiger put on, that turn got more impactful. So um, I, I, it's probably something if I was in his camp, I'd ask him. You know, All our guys really need to do to be successful is run some stairs, do some sit-ups, and be sure they're highly flexible um but he obviously has taken the, the bodybuilding very seriously and i think that's part of who he is he doesn't, doesn't do anything halfway <laughs> so when he started working out he was gonna go all the way and and unfortunately it's caused some injuries
1: and i think finally we'll get you out here on this what do you think u.s open coming up uh next on the docket got any predictions for that anybody to look for yeah you
0: know I'm, I'm waiting to see if luke donald you know big 10 guy northwestern guy is gonna get back he started working with chuck cook a couple months ago he's a northwestern guy yeah yeah oh. for sure um you know, played uh, right as I was playing. He was just, as I got into Michigan State, he was just exiting. Um, I'm waiting to see if that ball striking is going to uh, come together with a great short game. He's a guy I'm going to look for because he played well last week. And then, you know, Matt Kuchar, obviously, the guy is pretty much unbeatable. He's a machine at this point. But the U.S. Open and at Pinehurst, too, with the crazy green complex, isn't going to rule out anybody. Um, you know, I, I would think as we start narrowing the list of who's going to be competitive, you're going to have to look at an international guy. How you chip and putt around that golf course is different than how Americans generally chip and putt. We generally flop things on the green. There, you're going to have to be bumping shots up hills. So look out for like a Graham McDonald, somebody who's pretty creative
1: around the around the greens. Well, Casey, thanks so much for coming in. We'd love to talk to you again, maybe after the, uh, sure. the Big Ten Championship. Anytime. And uh, this has been the 19th hole with Tony Garcia and Aaron Whitlock, and uh, we'll see you next time
2: we going to now get into a little bit of PGA talk. Um, the only major this year that's happened so far, also the last one, was the Masters, and Bubba Watson was the winner of that for his second time. Your thoughts on that, Aaron?
1: You know, he just kind of ran away with it, and uh, he's a lefty. He kills that course. Um, he's had a really good year so far. I think that's his fourth win of the year already. Um, he's really taking the PGA by storm right now. Um, but the thing about that tournament to me was there's no entertainment value. I mean, he he dominated the thing really from that second day. On. It was never uh it was never close again.
2: Yeah, and I think you really were able to see that uh with the TV ratings being I think as low as they were in the last 10 years or so with uh your combination of Tiger Woods not being in there, Phil missing the cut. Um you got Rory McIlroy um being an essential no-show in the tournament. Um I'd say the only real uh real reason to watch was because there was Bubba's uh, a ret- uh someone who had already won this once and then there was a little bit of challenge from jordan spieth a uh, young up-and-comer but uh when he really fell apart on uh, on nine and and then at the, at the beginning of the turn there on 10 he uh he really never had a chance
1: yeah it's really one of the last times i can remember where you're watching the back nine on sunday of the masters and there's there's no drama there's no you know there's no real excitement. It was kind of uh, kind of disappointing, and I don't I don't think the golf elites kind of really like Bubba because he's kind of you know this soft-talk guy. He's got the long hair. He's not you know the most well-spoken. He kind of is off the cuff. Um, I don't know how much he's embraced by the fans as some of the other guys on the tour. What do you think about that?
2: Exactly. I think uh, I think he hit the nail on the head. But uh, just like in any sport. Um, Win, winners get fans uh, the more he continues to, to win I think he's uh, I think his fan base will continue to grow um uh, there there are, he's not the prototypical uh, golfer that everyone likes to follow he's uh, he is a, he is a little out of the box but um, I think that's also one of his strengths and how he's able to not get so rattled and I, I think the young focused. crowd
1: likes him I, I think absolutely I think our generation is very uh, receptive of Bubba I mean, even, even with that name, Bubba Watson, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think the older crowd, not so much. What do you think about, I mean, talking, going back to Tiger Woods, not, not competing in the major, uh, article recently came out. They're saying his, his, uh, recovery is a hundred percent. It's on track. Do you think is, is Tiger Woods done? Is he going to win another major? Have we seen the end of Tiger Woods being, you know, competitive in the big four?
2: I'm going to say no. And here's why. Tiger Woods, for the last two to three years, since his scandal, throughout his knee injuries and shoulder, what have you, he's continued to win tournaments. They just haven't been majors. Last year in uh, 2013 season, number one overall golfer in the PGA. Um, he hasn't. He hasn't lost it. He doesn't have that same killer instinct, and and the real thing he's lost is his edge. It's no longer when you're da- when you're losing to Tiger on Sunday, which he's not really in the lead on Sundays anymore. But when you are, there's no longer that uh, feeling of oh my goodness, there's no way I can catch this guy. Uh, he's got the red shirt on. He's got the scowl on his face, and he's just going to work. That uh that whole aura of Tiger Woods, um being too dominant to catch, I think that's what he's lost.
1: I agree, uh, but I also think the breaking down of his body is something you got to look at, and that's why I I don't think. I think there's a good chance that Tiger Woods maybe doesn't win another master for the rest of or not even a master, a major for the rest of his career. Um, You know, there's an interesting article I read the other day talking about the emphasis that he's put on his body and being an athlete. He doesn't want to be, you know, this dorky golfer, you know, look at the guy's he got huge biceps, you know, he runs, he lifts weights. And I think it's really kind of taken a toll. You know, he's hanging out with that kind of the Roger Federer crowd, the Derek Jeters, he's got a lot of very famous athlete friends. Um, And not that, you know, it's not important to be in shape for golf, but you don't see any guys really on tour who look like Tiger in terms of the kind of shape that he's in. And I do wonder what kind of impact that's had on his body. And as he just continues to break down, he misses tournaments. The window's closing to me for him. I mean, he's thirty-eight now. What's he got? Maybe you think another six to maybe eight years tops.
2: Absolutely. Um, I think uh, you can you can count on one hand. I believe it is. I don't know the number offhand, but you can count on one hand the number of players who have won majors after their fortieth birthday. And taking a look at uh at his um his uh, surgeries and his injury history just since two thousand eight. He's had uh, in April of 08 Arthroscopic surgery Um, June of 08 Reconstructive surgery 2010 After he missed the cut At Wells Fargo Woods withdrew From the players uh, Championship Because of a bulging disc Then you got 2011 Another minor injury To his left knee And Achilles Um, The list goes on And on here Uh, March 2012 More Achilles problems And then That leads into This year uh, March uh, With his back problems and april um withdrawing uh before the masters even begins so i think citing uh injuries is is an absolute uh absolutely something that you need to watch and uh, although many of us would like to think that he can win another one that that could be what holds him back
1: and i think that's what what makes me kind of almost want to root for Bubba watson because how fun was it to watch tiger when he was just dominating golf i mean PGA was much or must watch TV back then. I mean, just to see, you know, what's Tiger going to do? Is he just going to dominate? Is he going to, you know, pull off some miracle chip to take a tournament away from somebody? What's he going to do? And so, I think that's an exciting uh, thing to see if, if Bubba can kind of be the next the next big guy on tour. I mean, you've got you know Phil's kind of fading out, Jim Furyk's an older golfer, uh, this younger wave. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be the next big the face of the PGA?
2: Absolutely, and I think another thing to keep in mind of is that some people, although everybody who knows how to pick up a golf club or has heard the word golf knows Tiger Woods, but some have said that because he's such a superstar and even more than the face of the sport, Tiger Woods is golf. That's just the way it is. Um, Some people have said that that the fact that there is one superstar when there's a weekend like uh, like the Masters in April when he when he's not in the tournament, where is the watchability? So that uh, creates an interesting question. Would it be beneficial for golf to if Bubba were to be? I mean, who's to say or who thinks he's going to be the next Tiger Woods? But if Bubba Watson was to be the next star of golf, and, uh, and or is it more beneficial if uh, Watson and McElroy and Spieth and um, Donald and all these guys, uh, you know, Jason Dave. The list goes on and on. If uh, isn't more fun for fans to watch on on Sunday on seventeen, eighteen, where you you really have no idea who's going to win?
1: I think that's that's a really interesting point, and I think the PGA would argue that that's that's kind of the brand they're trying to build right now, anyway. Is that you've got all these different guys; it could be anything. Look at these young guns, you know, uh, who are coming out, and who it could be anybody any given weekend. But at the same time i think you you sort of need that start you need something golf can get very dry very quickly i think if there aren't you know there's not a ton of storylines the golfers are very you know much removed on the course from the fans and everybody else i I think you need that kind of driving force like a tiger woods that was just so i mean enigmatic um and and, you know you either maybe you, you didn't want to see him catch nicholas there's those in that camp and you were rooting for him to lose or you were rooting for him to win, but you had, you had a reason to cheer for somebody. And I think that's the great thing about Bubba is I think it's great that there's kind of that divide that he creates between the older and the younger. It gives people a reason to watch a reason to cheer a reason to get behind somebody, which is, you know, sports are all about.
2: Exactly. That's, and that's definitely what golf needs. And, um, I'd say the next, the next, uh, uh, for baccala- <laughs> lack of a better word, a major reason to watch golf will be the next major, which is the U S open, uh, on june june 12th to june 15th it's uh tiger woods will also not be playing in this um so do you see any favorites leading into that
1: i mean obviously you got to look at bubba watson um coming off the masters win he's been uh very good uh spieth obviously a uh, young kid um it would be very interesting to see how he follows up his big uh masters performance uh it's been a long time it seems like uh, you know after Rory hit that number 1 ranking in the world he hasn't really done a whole lot and so I'm interested to see you know when do we see I mean he's a very talented golfer I mean he's got all the skills necessary uh when do we see his reemergence um Luke Donaldson would be kind of maybe my uh, guy flying under the radar maybe who's not going to get as much play in the national media who maybe could do it what are you thinking
2: I'd say uh I'd say both of those are some good choices um Donald uh Donald is he's he's real interesting. He's he's really composed yet at the same, uh through through the first 3 rounds he uh he doesn't wear a lot of emotion on his face yet it, it, it seems there's something that just kind of comes unraveled. So I couldn't I couldn't exactly say I would expect him to win. I would definitely expect him to be in contention. Someone I'm looking towards is Keegan Bradley. Um I had high hopes for him going into the Masters and that just shows not to listen to my hopes because <laughs> he missed the cut entirely. But I mean, we all know Keegan Bradley who's who's never he uh he hasn't quite broken through, but um He's uh, he's well on his way. He uh, I think he's he's got a great swing. He's got a great stroke, and um, he's l- he's looking to play well.
1: I'm interested to see what Phil's going to do at this. U- it's always interesting to see what Phil Mickelson's going to do at a U.S. Open. He's had some uh, historically bad finishes. Uh... <laughs> That's the
2: one that he still has yet to win. Correct?
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. He's still waiting for that U.S. Open, and I think we all want to see him get it.